All right. You guys have a good morning? Yeah. That was good worship? Amen. All right. Um, during worship, God just kind of gave me a verse, and it was Psalms 27. Most people know what Psalms 27 is. Um, it's basically David's, um, David's uh, cry to the God. But one of the things that David said in verse 7, 27, 7, it says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me, and answer me. And David replies, and this is what David said, he goes, When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, God, your face I will seek. David didn't just seek after God, God said to him, seek after me. I believe that it is, is a word for someone today, but God has just been saying, seek after me, and you need to reply to him and say, God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek after everything that you have, everything that you have for me. So, all right. So, um, as a leader, you know, I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and um, different areas, different types of ministry, youth, young adults, you know, different things like that. I've learned a lot, and when you when you do things on a repetitive basis, you learn. You learn how to do it the right way, and you learn how to do it the wrong way, and you try not to do it the wrong way. Um, but... What I've learned over the 10 years is things I've done. I've learned from successes and I've learned from failures and said, okay, you know what? Nope, that doesn't work. I can't do it that way. I have to do it this way. I have to do it a way that is going to be successful. And when you lead people, we have to look at it that way. There's been times in, in, in my life where I've led people and it's like, I can't believe I did that. You know, you, you look back 10 years and it's like five years and you're like, man, I can't believe I, uh, that, that, that that happened? How did I not lead them the right way? Or, or maybe I, I didn't. But a lot of it comes from us not understanding. Um, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. You know, you, you think, oh, you do the best you can with what you have been equipped with. So you, I look back and I've really learned that from some failures and I've learned from successes, more success than failures because if you're on the failure end, you need to readjust. we need to readjust and, and see how God is telling you to do things. But I've learned how to lead people, and as leaders, we should learn how to lead people with success and not failure. And I don't mean with us being successful. I mean with, if we're going to lead people, we need to be successful in leading them, because what happens is if we're successful in leading them, they will be successful in what they're doing. And that goes into every aspect of our life. That goes into our, our, our marriages, our families, our work, everything. Everything that God has designed us for was success and not failure. So we, we fail because sometimes we just don't know, or sometimes we just don't do it the right way. And there's going to be times where, anyway, when you lead people, you're going to have success. You're going to have failures. Some people will do what you ask, and um, some people won't do what they ask. Um, God has designed us to be successful in everything that we do, everything that we lead in, our families, our work, every part of our life to be successful. So in my time of leading people, whether they're in church or out of church or whatever, I've learned a lot of things. And one thing that I've learned is, especially with non-Christians, is there's things that don't work when you're, when you're trying to talk to them. As Christians, we should be portraying the kingdom. We should be bringing the kingdom to people who don't know who God is, who don't have a relationship with him on a daily basis. That means in our, our walk, our talk, everything that we do should portray the kingdom. And so I've learned a lot of things from watching people 
and doing it on my own of how to do it and how not to do it. So when we're dealing with people who are, let's just call it this way, we'll call them pre-Christians, there's things that we have to do as believers in order for them to want to become part of the kingdom. Uh, one thing is to do not do is to hold up a lighter and go, hell's a lot uh, hotter than this. Don't do that. It doesn't work. That doesn't work. Never do that. Uh, next thing is, is this. Don't tell them about their sin. Don't tell them about hell. Don't tell them about their mistakes and don't tell them about their shortcomings. They already know what they're failing at. They all, we all know what we fail at. We don't need people to remind us of what we fail at. We don't need to use judgment and no condemnation and a whole slew of other things. The reason why I'm bringing this, I was, I was watching, we went to Grand Rapids yesterday and we were at Art Prize, and we were walking through Art Prize, and my girls are notorious for this, and, and um, they can spot people a mile away, and um, we were walking through Art Prize, and, and we got a water bottle, and somebody gave us a track, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. They, they do uh, a lot of help with homeless people and different things like that, but they were passing out water bottles to people in Art Prize. They had a trailer full of, of water, and they were just rubber banding a, a little uh, pamphlet onto it, and it was really cool, and I just talked to them for a couple minutes. But then I started watching different groups, different religious groups out. There was a lot of people who were just loving people and handing them water, or here's you know, something you know, free, or directions, or, or whatever. They were giving them something. But then I saw something that reminded me of why we have to love people into the kingdom. And that was a gentleman who had a milk crate, and he flipped the milk crate over, and he was standing on the corner, and he's reading from the Bible, and he goes, the judgment of God is near. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this guy was not going to win anybody, but I look and I say, you know what? People need to see the kingdom before they see that. What, doesn't, what works is love. We can love people into the kingdom of God because we're going to love them no matter where they're at in their life, no matter where their failures are, where their shortcomings are. We're going to love them no matter what they're doing, no matter where they're at, and that's how we're going to win them to the kingdom of God. I can't go up to somebody and say, you know what, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're doing drugs, and you're living with someone, and um, God wants you to repent right now because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. I would punch myself in the face if I said that to somebody. Or I would have somebody that I know come punch me in the face. Condemnation does not work. People know their sin, but they don't know how to get out of it sometimes. We know our sin, but we don't, sometimes don't know a way out. We know that God is there, but sometimes we, they don't know how to get to Him. So many times I believe that we're going, as believers, we should not be looking at and saying, okay, you know what? You're this, you're this, you're this. You need to change this. Let God let, allow them to change. Let God do his job. Let the Holy Spirit his, do his job and allow them to change. But what happens is we try to stand on the corners and go, okay, you're, the judgment of God is near, and if you don't repent now, if, if you don't repent, you're going to burn in hell for the rest of your life. That message is a hundred-year-old message of, of, I'm going to scare people into the kingdom of God. So many times people try to convince non-Christians or pre-Christians and try to preach and convince them for their need of repentance. 
I believe every person, because we are created in the image of God, knows that we need salvation, that we need Jesus. And I believe that we know that we need to repent. Some people don't know how to get to that point. Some people have never been um, offered that. They spend more time trying to convince people that they need Jesus than instead of loving them and, and showing them what Jesus is actually like. They spend more time trying to say, you know what, you need Jesus because your life is this and you're doing this and you're doing this. We all have sin. We don't need somebody to point it out. We need someone to walk with us. I talked about this last week. We need someone to walk with us, to take our hand and say, hey, I'm going this way. Do you want to come with me? I'm going where Jesus is going. You see Jesus up there? He, I'm, I'm following Jesus. You want to go with me? So instead of trying to convince people, oh, well, you know what? You've lived a, a, a you know, you're, have you sinned? Okay, well, then you're going to fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean to people? That doesn't mean anything to someone who doesn't know what that means. Someone who doesn't have a relationship with God, they're like, fall short of the glory of God. I don't know what the blankety-blank you're talking about. That's what they're going to say. What happens is, is this, is when we're out living a life and we're, and we're in public and we're, and we're dealing with non-Christians and, and people, we can't just stand there and preach. What happens is the church without the Holy Spirit is just condemnation. The church with the Holy Spirit is power and revelation and people coming into the kingdom. We can't just sit there and tell people what they're doing wrong and stand there and, and, and read out of the Bible to people who never read the Bible, who've never picked up a Bible, who've never even heard of Jesus. We can't preach to people who don't know what Jesus is. Jesus didn't preach to his disciples. He just walked by and said, hey, you want to follow me? And they did. If we spend more time trying to convince people that they need Jesus, we're going to push them away from God. People either will listen, and these people that keep telling them, oh, you got to accept Jesus, you got to accept Jesus, people will either do this. They're either going to go to church and just do, go, go through the motions just so someone will stop badgering them, or they're going to get angry and they're going to say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with what you believe if you, the way you're acting. What they're, we either try to convince people or we, or we try to force them into, you know, hey, well, you've got to come to church and you've got to do this and you've got to get baptized. And, and you, there's so many religious things that we try, to, we try in our human mind that we try to do that we become like Pharisees sometimes. Well, you've got to do this. And, then you, and as soon as you get born again, we've got to go break in the ice and we've got to get you baptized. Do we have to? Does Jesus say break through the ice and get baptized? No, he doesn't. He says, you know what, when you're saved, he goes, be baptized. I don't care if it's a day from now, an hour from now, a, a, a week from now, a month from now. But we, we get so many uh, mindsets that we have to convince people of what they need. What happens is sometimes they get, they get angry because someone is trying to force the, them to turn over their entire life, give up everything that they have, to someone they don't even know and don't even trust. If someone brought someone up to you and said, hey, this is Bob, you don't know him, but I want you to give up everything you own, everything in your entire life, 
everything that you've done wrong, right, he's going to know, and you have, to do, you have to give it over to Bob over here. You'd be like, what? Say who? What? You're going to be like, no. And, you, and they'd be like, well, you need him. You need Bob. Bob is going to make your life better. I don't know who Bob is. I've never met Bob. I've never talked with Bob. I've never had a relationship with Bob. And you're asking me to give everything over to Bob? I don't even know his last name. And you're telling me about Jesus, who I've never had an experience with, never met him, never had any understanding of who he is, and you're asking me to give everything over to him and tell him everything, let him have a full control of my life? And I'm like, I don't even have control of my life. I don't, how am I going to give my life over to someone who doesn't, I don't even know? I have a big enough problem controlling myself, let alone controlling other people. How am I going to give my life over to somebody that I don't know? So, does that make sense to you guys? When we try to tell people about Jesus, and man, you got to give your life over to him, and they're like, what are you talking about? It's the same way if you brought a perfect stranger up to them and said, hey, this is Bob, you're going to give your life over to him, either him or Jesus, what, which one? And you're like, I can't see Jesus, I've never met Jesus, I don't understand who Jesus is, and you tell me I have to surrender all, otherwise I'm going to go to hell. That, that, that mindset, to me, makes me angry. I'm not giving all, everything over to Bob. Because I haven't experienced Bob. <laughs> but does that, guy, does that really start to think about how we represent Jesus and how we bring Jesus to people? Yeah. It'd be like dragging a perfect stranger up to somebody and say, man, your life sucks, you're going to go to hell, and Bob's going to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to give everything to him, and he's going to ask you to give some money uh, out of your paycheck every week. And, what? i got to give... I, that's what, it, that's what it's like. Somebody once quoted, or I got a quote that says, the idea that we have to preach to convince people feels like manipulation. I do not want people to come into the kingdom of God, to come to church because they feel like I have, I'm badgering them and trying to manipulate them into coming to church. You've got to come and meet Bob. He's so great. He took all my sins away. It, really? They don't know who it is. So it's the same way with Jesus. Oh, Jesus is awesome, and, and um, if, you don't come to, if you don't come to church and you don't get baptized and you don't get born again, you're going to go to hell. Everybody knows what the, the results of our sin are. We know that we're, people that are separated from God know they're separated from God, but they don't understand what it is. But do we have to preach to convince people to change? What people need is a fresh understanding of who Jesus is. When you're walking and talking to somebody on the street, you don't say, well, you know, if you don't submit yourself over to Jesus, you're going to be separated from him eternally, and, and you know, one sin will put you in hell. That doesn't make sense. People need an experience with Jesus when right then and there. When you say, hey, I know Jesus, and man, I just feel like he's telling me to do this. Would you, you, know, would you allow me to do that? You know, um, I had an experience this week, it, um, and it was just simply, hey, something's going on. Would you just let me pray with you? And just giving them a word and encouraging them, because you know what? People don't know Jesus. That don't know Jesus, don't know how to experience Jesus. We have to bring Jesus to them. We can't bring people to church to experience Jesus. 
we can bring them to church and they will experience Jesus, but this shouldn't be the focus. Our focus should be, you know, I'm going to bring Jesus to everywhere I go. So when you're out in the street, man, God just highlights someone to you and says, you know what, go pray for them, and you're bringing Jesus to them, and they're like, I've never had um, Sarah had an experience this week. She was just, um, this lady at a car dealership, she just walked up to her and said, you know what, hey, I feel like I need to pray with you. Can I pray with you? She's like, okay. And just uh, through a conversation, the lady's like, what do you do? And, and that's really what our lives should be. That when we meet somebody and they're like, man, my life sucks right now. But you're just like, you know, God loves you. God thinks you're amazing. God wants the best for you. He thinks that you're an amazing person and wants to know you. Instead of, hey, your sins suck and your life sucks and and you're going to be separated from God and you're going to go to hell, but submit your life over to him. Okay. But Jesus is saying, if we bring Jesus to people, we're not saying, hey, your sin is here and Jesus is here. We're bringing Jesus to him, so we're not separating Jesus from them. I believe what happens is this. When we remind people of their sin, it separates them even farther from Jesus. Jesus and the Holy Spirit will remind them of their sin and how they need to change once they've experienced a relationship with him. Our job is to not remind them of their sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. People know that they're separated from God. People are looking for a Savior. They're looking for a God. They're looking for someone to serve. But when we take away the experience with Jesus and just bring the results of their sin, would you really want to experience that? It really, it's kind of like, hey, this guy Bob here, I'm going to introduce you to Bob, and you have to submit everything over to Bob, and he's going to tell you what to do for the rest of your life. How many of you guys would do that? Bree, no, you can't raise your hand. Bree, you will not do that. There we go. Anyway, Bree's gullible sometimes. Um, it was probably one of those pyramid schemes where he's like, I can make money doing this. No, I'm just it's good to have Bree in the house. She came to visit us before she gets into her crazy schedule of uh, bouncing from campus to campus to campus to campus at the point. So it was good to see you. Um, but the idea that we have to preach to convince people is manipulation. It feels like manipulation because God does not manipulate. He does not force his life and his kingdom on people. He says, my gates are open. Come on in. My house is open. Come on in. Come experience what I have. People need to experience Jesus. Not, well, you know, I've been going to church for 30 years, and, you know, this is what goes on. And you know that your sin is going to separate you from God. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the guy's like, what's glory? Because they've never experienced the glory of God. When you experience the glory of God in your life, something changes. And you're like, I want to know what this, this is. I want to know who this Jesus is. Show me him. Show me how to have a relationship with him. Our job is not to convince people of the good news of Jesus and the kingdom. Our job is to live it, convey it, and portray it. We cannot just say, well, you know, you need to come to Jesus, otherwise you're going you're to do this. No, our job is to bring the kingdom to people. Bree is going to get into some things that she's never done before, and and what's going to be awesome is this, is, and I don't know if she's done it yet or not, but 
street evangelism when God just like you just it's like a, a just a hot mess at first and you're just like you know you're like I don't know what to do and I'm all nervous and you're like come with me come with me you know you're like I need somebody else to talk and it's like but when God just highlights someone to you and God gives you a word for them and you're just like that wasn't me and and God just gives you a word and you, you just go and tell that person man God just thinks you're awesome God loves you you know, and just to be able to convey that to them, some people don't know God loves them. Some people don't know that God cares for them and wants to be in their life. They just think God is upstairs and he's got a stick and he's, he's manipulating things and he's, he's a puppet master or he's just non he's a, he's an absent father and just said, you know what? Boom, there's the world and my kids. Okay, I'm going to leave now and just let it all fall apart. God is not that way. So when people think of God they've ne- and they've never experienced a fresh experience with Jesus and understand who Jesus is, it becomes rules. It becomes regulations. It becomes religion. It becomes, I can't do this, but I got to do this. I can't do this, but I got to do this. Christianity, a relationship with Jesus is, I get to do this with Jesus. I get to do this with Jesus. I get to do this with Jesus because the sin, the stuff I can't do, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care about that stuff that I used to do that I wanted to do. Because my experience with Jesus is I get to be with Jesus. I get to go tell people about Jesus. I get to sing with Jesus. I get to pray with Jesus. I get to walk with Jesus. It's all about him. We have to convey and portray the kingdom of God. We have to portray who Jesus is. So when we walk, people see it's Jesus. When we're on the street and God says, hey, go talk to that person. Just pray with them. It's not something weird. It's not something creepy. Just, you know, if they turn you down, they turn you down. But God is saying, you know what, live like I live so people don't see religion. I don't want to manipulate people's emotions or wills to get them born again. When we force people to experience, try to experience church, church, or religion is exactly what it is. It's religion. Well, you're never going to be good enough, and you'll never measure up to what God is, and if you don't measure up to what God is, then you can't be with God. No, God says that I love you, I see you, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're, you're everything that I've created you to be. Religion says, you oh, you're never going to measure up. You're always going to fall short. Everything you do is not good enough to, to meet with Jesus. It's never good enough to have a relationship with God. Christianity is, man, Jesus loves you. He thinks you're amazing. He wants to heal you. He wants a better life for you. Not pointing out flaws. People know their flaws. I know my flaws. I love it when, when people point out my flaws. I'm like, duh, <laughs> I'm like, come on, don't you think I know that? I'm like, I'm 35 years old. I've been experienced it a little longer than you have. People don't want their, their judgment. People don't want to be judged. Whether you're saved or unsaved, people don't want to be judged. So when someone says, well, you know, you're, you're falling short of the glory of God, I'm like, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Or they just, you know, and someone says, have you experienced Jesus? 
Who are you? <laughs> but when you walk up to someone or when someone that you're dealing with, whether it's a friend that's unsaved or, or just someone on the street, man, when God say, man, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He wants good for you. We don't even have to get into the whole Christianity thing. There's no rules in Christianity, really, there isn't. It's just living like Jesus lived. Jesus said, I can sum it up in two. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. There's no rules, really. We've got the Ten Commandments. I really agree with those. I'm telling you right there. I mean, I agree with them. Don't murder, you know. Don't, don't try to steal my wife because I'll beat you. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, she might beat you too. Um, <laughs> you'd be more worried about her. I'd just be like, you ain't coming back. Ain't right? And she'd be like, I'll beat you right now. Um, and, um, I mean, I, there's the Ten Commandments, but look at it. God has set up a, a lifestyle of, of love. And he said, if you love your neighbor as yourself and you love me, you're going to live like me. You've got to love me first. If you start to walk like me, start to live like me, all the other stuff, the rules, the, the Sadducee and Pharisee and, the, and the, the, the 500 million laws that they, had, they were trying to keep, you don't even have to worry about that. Our job is not to point out the mistakes in people's lives. Our job is to point out what God says about them. Our, jo- our job is to point out what God calls them. Our job is to point out what God, how God sees them. It's to call out the destiny that God has for them. I could stand up right here, right now, and, and I could probably guarantee you every one of you could point out a flaw in my life. But you're not going to because I'm up here. Um, <laughs> but anyway. We can point out flaws in everyone else's life. But when we look for it, that goes past what Christ is doing. Let Jesus do his work, let God do his work, and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Let's not point out flaws in people. Let's look and say, you know what, how do I bring Jesus to the person next to me? How do I bring Jesus to my job? How do I bring Jesus to my family? How do I bring Jesus to wherever I'm going? When you start to bring how he walked, talked, and acted, what's going to happen is this. You're not going to work. People's sins are not going to bug you. Religion is worried about people's sin. Jesus is not worried about their sin. Religion is so afraid of people's sin that they, 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 it's, they find it hard to accept people. Well, you know, you can't really wear that in church, or you really can't dress this way in church. You really can't do this in church. Not you, Cody. You have the right to bear arms. It, it, we'll edit that one out for fun of it. Uh, people think we're toting guns in church. Um, but I don't even know. I lost my train of thought on that one. But there's so many times that we can point out people's flaws, but we don't. You know what? Yes, we, there, there's going to be things that Thank you. Um, there's going to be things that we need to change in our lives, but we don't point out the flaws. We let God do his work. I could point out all my kids' flaws, but they're perfect <laughs> and beautiful. But 
the Holy Spirit is kind of like a, a parent. He gently leads us and says, you know, sometimes you can't do this. And then leads us and says, you can do this. Because what he's trying to do is saying, if you do this, it's going to be dangerous. If you do this, it's going to lead to life. Romans 2.4 says, his kindness leads us from sin into repentance. It's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. It doesn't say your judgment and your letting people know that you're separated from God and you're going to be eternally damned to hell and burned forever, separated from God in, in misery, that leads us to repentance. It says your kindness. And I believe that our kindness will lead people to repentance. If we're living and following Jesus, if we are focused on what God is doing in the kingdom, we're saying, you know, God, I'm going to follow you. Our kindness, because of his kindness to us, is going to portray through us to people and will lead them to repentance. It's not about telling people what's wrong. It's about telling what God is doing right. Our job is to take people by the hand and say, you know what, I want to show you Jesus. I want, to experience, I want you to experience Jesus. And would you let me pray with you? Would you let me you know, lay hands on you? Are you sick? Are you... It really comes down to, are you willing to step out of a comfort zone of, well, uh, this is what's wrong and we've got to change this? Or are you willing to say, you know what, I'm just going to say, you know, come with me. We talked about this yesterday. Or yesterday. I didn't talk, we didn't talk about this yesterday. We talked about this last week, said, you know, discipleship is really about Jesus saying, hey, take my hand, come with me. We're going to go have some fun. We're going to change the way things are going. So what I'm saying to you guys is, hey, let's go this way. Let's change the way people think. Let's change the way this town thinks about Jesus. Let's change the way this town and this area thinks about church. Let's give them Jesus and not rules, regulations, and come sit in a pew and listen and feel condemned about what you have. We have the right to do either one, but what is right? We need to show people the kingdom of God, not just salvation. So many people get into the kingdom of God and they're like, I got saved, oh, I'm good, everything is okay. But God is saying, you know what, I have a kingdom that you need to explore. I have an entire kingdom that there's something there for you. That's why a couple weeks ago I said seek. When you seek God, he will reveal his kingdom to you. When you seek after him, he's going to reveal his word to you and help you understand what his kingdom is. You know, I was um, talking with some friends of mine, and I said, um, I said, what I've learned in the last five years, I realized that the, last, the, the first seven years before that was complete rubbish about God. What I've learned about God in the last five years is complete rubbish compared to what I learned before that. And, and I believe that people need to have the crap that they have thought about God taken out. We need to be that, that dumpster guy that says, you know, this is what you've believed about Jesus. We're going to throw all that out and we're going to bring you what Jesus actually is. I started, I was talking to some friends of mine and I was like, um, we had a meeting with them and I said, you know what? I said, I said, this is, I said, with what you've told me and I said, what I've learned, 
I said, I realized that everything that I've learned about God and the way that I should be doing, living for God, living, doing church, was complete rubbish. It wasn't about bringing people to church. It's not about filling a seat. It's not about putting money in the tithe bucket. It's not about, oh, we need 60 people here and 10 people here, and we need this many workers. It's not about that. The kingdom of God is about every one of us, inside the kingdom living inside of each one of us, going out and saying, I'm going to bring the kingdom to people. I'm not going to drag them to church. If they come to church, awesome. If they don't, oh well, still bring the kingdom to them. Bring them Jesus every time you meet them, so that way when they say, man, there is something different about that person, and they have a relationship with Jesus, I want to know what that is. I want to experience that Jesus person that they talk about all the time. I'm not worried about filling a seat. God will take care of that. That's, I'm not going to do his job. God will do his job. I'll do my job. Our job, bring Jesus to people. Bring his kingdom to people. I was writing this out, and I was, and I was reading Romans, and it said his kindness leads us to repentance. Repentance leads us to turning from what we've been doing to him. And so I was typing in the notes, and, I put, and it says, and I, and I titled it, His Kindness Leads Us to Repentance. But then I put in little hyphens there, and I put R. Because if He's living in us, and, we're, and he, we're allowing Him to go through us, it's our kindness, His kindness through us, that's going to lead people. Yeah. So, as you go out this week, think, you know, don't think, well, i got to invite them to church, and they got to get to church, and they got to experience church. If they come to church, great. If they come and experience the worship and the, and the fellowship and, and, the, and the relationships with church, right? If they don't, bring church to them. Bring Jesus to them. Say, you know what? I'm going to bring Jesus to you this week, and you don't even know it. Be like, oh, I'm going to bring Jesus. You know, you focus on a person and be like, you know what? They're going to experience Jesus this week, whether they realize it or not. Through our actions, through our words, through everything that we do, bring Jesus to people. Let's pray.